0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to So You Think You Can Fanon. I'm your host, Sergio, and here with me today are my two reasonable friends, Kai and Matt. Hello. Hello. And joining us today is Black Mage of Phantasm. Black Mage, would you like to introduce
1: yourself? Hello there. I'm the Black Mage. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Is that your legal name? yes (laughs)
2: yes <laughs> first name black black name last name phantasm yes yeah. nice middle name mage of black
0: mage why don't you tell us a little about yourself
1: well i'm a fanfic writer i've been writing for almost actually i think i've been writing for eight years now i've tried my best to make awesome stories both crossover or not but i'm more well known for my crossover stories Specifically, my JoJo's Bizarre Adventure crossover stories. Um, mm-hmm. You have read them agree. before on your podcast. The specific specifically Requiem of Remnant. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure X Ruby crossover. And I'm glad you, which see was that a you guys delight. Like, oh yeah, I yeah, it was awesome to hear you guys talk about it. Like you actually liked it. Yay!
2: <laughs> More than actually liked it. I think we. Yeah. I, I put it in. Put it in top ten things we've read so far.
0: It's on the, it's on the, it's on our pinned tweets of episodes to check out from us for new, new listeners.
2: Nice. Yes, quite fun. Even though it's almost entirely me narrating it because I <laughs> didn't prepare myself properly for the amount of introspection and horror that Jorno has to deal with in that first chapter, but it was fun. It was very fun. Yeah. I really like a lot of, uh,
1: go ahead. there was a lot, you go first.
2: I was just going to say, there's just, the prose was very nice to read. It's densely packed with a lot of narrative significance. And while at first, every time I get to that chapter, I'm thinking, we're going over the same stuff sometimes. But you add just enough, every time that we, we tread things, it really sets the mood. In a way that I'm not used to fanfictions doing, I feel like I'm very much in Jorno's head, that in Fire first chapter. Just every single thought he has, perfectly encapsulates how things are going it's it's kind of strange because i did not expect anything remotely classy like that out of a journo gets isekai'd into ruby jojo crossover fanfiction, but damn it was a pleasant surprise
1: i'm glad you liked it and yeah i know the first chapter was very heavy in introspection and to be quite honest there were some things about it that if i rewrote now would honestly change specifically the length I've since learned that 20,000 words is not a good <laughs> first chapter length. I also realized that there are some times I did overemphasize things. And I know, and I've since tried to tone that down a lot. And hopefully I have succeeded as I've continued to write, especially Yeah, like, I, uh, I try I'm my right. best to right. get into heads of characters. I'm, no, sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, I try my best to get into heads of characters. But like, in the beginning, I was kind of rusty. Because I like to overemphasize things, like to go on a bit of tangents, like to really hammer in descriptions. But at the same time, trying to hammer in so much kind of made it drag on a bit. And honestly, there are some things about the first chapter that make me cringe a bit, especially when I heard it read out loud. (laughs) Hey,
2: it's all good.
0: Yeah, I, I have to say, like, in the author's notes, um, which I love author's notes no, notes in fan fiction, both the good and the bad ones, but I, lo- I just loved your enthusiasm of, man, I just set out to write this, write the first chapter, 20,000 words, just real easy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a pretty ballin' move, to be totally yes. honest. Just 20,000 words, just slap it down right there. It's impressive, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, it is. Thank honestly, you, it's 20,000 words for just anybody to write just for anything. That's a, that's a lot more than most people realize it is going into it, but to write 20,000 words and maintain the level of quality you did in that first chapter was quite impressive. And I have to say, I'll, I won't spoil anything, but the gems are unbreakable fan fiction. You have Jojo and Steven universe really solid. I love that most recent chapter you put out. I think Thank you. my favorite thing, you You write diabolical characters very very well, and you can make things very serious without making them sort of edgy That's a rare skill for a lot of fan fiction authors to have and you do you do have pretty serious fics, but you keep the you keep the feeling of these animated shows very very well, especially um going back to your your one piece fan fiction I don't think I've ever seen anybody write the Straw hat crew as well as you did for uh for that particular fan fiction with um oh what was that the painter one i can not remember the title. Week. yes yes miss golden yes. week it's um it's a rare skill for anybody to write the straw hat crew very well particularly how they play off of each other but that last chapter with uh with zoro and what happens there i'm not sure you remember it since it's been so long since it got updated but damn you oh no your most recent one was with vivi the the last thing that happened with Zoro though, I just love it. I I ate that one up. I think I read all of it in like four hours. It was insane.
1: Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that chapter was something I'd try my best, write. And like you said, I always try my best to like get into the heads of characters, really like nail their canon personalities because that's honestly why most people come to re- at least For me, I come to read fan fiction because I want to see these characters in new stories told in different ways. But at the same time, like, respect their canon personalities and do my best to, like, capture their charm, their love, and everything we, they love, we love about them and try and capture that in a story. I'm um, Sergio. Yeah. You say, did you, you say something?
0: Yeah. I just wanted to ask, um, cause, uh, we were joking about us being a controversial podcast. Have you gotten, um, I'm sure people have left reviews, but have you ever gotten, like, really, like, I guess, like, trolls or, like, uh, very mean people reviewing and commenting on your stories, and how do you deal with that?
1: For Requiem of Remnant and Lazy Painter, I have yet to receive a negative review. For Gems Are Unbreakable, though, I've gotten a few death threats. Because Steven Universe Phantom. Death threats? Really?
3: Oh my gosh.
1: Yep. I've been waiting for us to get our first death threat. Uh... It's not that special after the 15th time. (laughs) Oh my gosh.
0: I I just want to nail my first one up on my wall and be like, you were never going to come to my house and kill me.
1: (laughs) It was mostly, I think, one guest review that just made a bunch of accounts on the same day. And they just (laughs) spammed me a lot. So yeah, but... uh, I honestly i i was expecting this i was in a steven universe fandom in its heyday when we almost went not me but like a bunch of people almost got a fan artist commit
2: suicide
1: i so, remember yeah, I was that expecting this mm-hmm.
2: yeah the steven universe <sighs> community is varied in ways that you don't want the fandom to be varied there's some people who are just super in it and then there's people who aren't there's people who really really need to chill the fuck out
1: yep honestly i was expecting this when i first started writing a fic that criticized the crystal gems especially during the days when it, the steven universe was really popular i'm honestly yeah, shocked that i have I, gotten more death threats.
2: that's what i liked about that fic honestly was that you weren't afraid to just sort of poke holes in the fucking steven universe plot shit hole that it's it's gotten sometimes and uh, uh this is probably overly flattering, but I think you elevated a lot of Steven Universe's writing in general in the fan fiction, particularly adding Yoshikage Kira as a villain. Oh my God. Fucking genius that was. That's yeah, such a fun uh, idea.
1: Yeah, I, when I first came up with this, I was like, it was when I was about to go to sleep. I'm like thinking about Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4 because like the animes just started coming up. I thought about mm-hmm. Kira and how like what made him so good was that fact that he was basically the opposite of Josuke in every way, then I thought it was like similar characters. I'm like thinking about Steven Universe because I like that fic. I mean that show. And then I'm like you know, what would happen if Yoshikage Kira was in Beach City? And I'm like, wait a minute, that's a genius idea. Because like Yoshikage Kira is literally the antithesis to everything not only Steven Universe believes in but that Steven Universe, the show, always preaches. He's a human being that just kills people for no grand reason. Just but just because it's his fetish, that's yep. it. And although I will admit during some of like, the beginning chapters or in later on, like the middle, I kind of went, oh, I think I went a bit oh too much with the darkness, especially when I wrote like 30K words of Steven and Kira ch- chatting and just kind of repeated the same thing. That was thing.
2: 30K words? Damn. I didn't realize it was yeah. that impressive. That was um that was a fun conversation though. I know which one you're talking about and the uh, the series of conversations that's exactly yeah. what Kira would do, and I loved it
1: yeah uh, but again, there are some things about that I would change, specifically length, trying to like capture more mm-hmm. Steven universe's like hope and optimism and less on the whole darkness. I think I may have hammered that in a bit too much uh, admittedly that's kind of a problem for me. I kind of have trouble editing out the excess in some of my chapters i think i got better since then like a lot better but still something i think i need to work on and hopefully i have gotten better as as my chapters should hopefully show
2: i think you have yeah and i i can understand what you're saying and i can agree i think that it definitely benefits from having a little bit pared down maybe a little bit more heart and soul here and there but you know you're you already have more introspection than most authors, I think, post on that website for. And your work already was better than most of it. So just keep up the good work, honestly. You're doing great. Uh,
1: thank you. I appreciate it, really. It's always nice to hear them doing a
2: good job and not sucking ass. Yeah, you, uh, <laughs> you do a little, just a little better than most of the stuff that we've read. Uh, Especially, I think we read Sonic High School about a month before we read Requiem of Remnant. I'm sure you've never heard of Sonic High School, or at least if you had, it's only in passing. But it's, <laughs> it's very silly. It's very goofy. Uh,
1: I think I, sur- I think I watched that podcast of yours. It, like, yeah, it was this fanfic about Sonic in well Sonic high school gay ball and... disease. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Although it is somewhat genius in its own way, with how utterly unrepentantly stupid and silly it is. I think, um, Sir did we ever figure out was it a parody from the beginning or was it just goofy and silly from the beginning and then hardcore parody after that?
0: Uh, I think we said, I, I think during that episode we came to the conclusion that it, it was a parody uh, on the second chapter, but for the longest time I believe that it was serious for the whole thing. I,
3: I yeah. feel like even the first chapter is parody.
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It starts becoming self-aware in the second chapter.
2: That's true. I I think it becomes self-aware near the second half of the first chapter, because when you have an entire paragraph describing how angry Sonic's bowel movement was... (laughs) uh, I think there has to be some intentional comedy put into that one. Just a little bit. Maybe that was just, like,
3: you know, a brief foray into the parody. You know, just getting the toes wet, and then... After that, boom, full parody mode. Very
2: possibly. Black Mage, I must ask, where did you get that badass username?
1: Oh, that was just something I thought of, like, on the day I wanted to make my fanfix.net account. I was trying to think of a cool name, and, well, I thought Black Mage, but there was, like, that was taken, like, by 20 different users. But then I thought, maybe I could put Black Mage up something, so I'm thinking of like cool things I like then I remember like do you know that Disney like movie Fant- Fantasia I like that sounds yeah it was I got into... so I typed in Fantasia but I misspelled it so it came out as phantasm and like I read the, def- read the definition I'm like huh you know maybe instead of Fantasia how about phantasm because that's what came up cuz of my misspelling of Fantasia and then I became the black mage of phantasm nice Nice. Can I just say, can I just say something? I'm um, Sergio. Um, in yeah. the eight years I've been writing, no one has commented on my name for like a while. I was worried that people thought it was stupid, but you are the only one in the eight years I've been writing to ever <laughs> say my name is cool.
2: It's, Thank it's you. just cool. That's all it is. Uh,
0: you're you're welcome. I don't even remember me saying that your name was cool, but yeah, it's cool.
2: I think we said it was cool in the uh, in the beginning of that podcast episode. Uh, I'm I'm just curious about your your whole writing process. When did you get into writing? Was it when you were but but a wee toddler? Uh,
1: uh I wrote like on. There were like school assignments, and I wrote like a bunch for those kind of things. I didn't really get into writing until like. Middle schoolish when I actually started writing fanfic, but at the time it was just like not even not even stories I posted. Just I wrote things just for the fun of it that I could read for myself. But they like but then like one day when I was like talking with one of my friends, well in middle school, and she was like really into like YA fiction. I can't remember what book it was, but she was like she gave me the like a YA book to read. I. It was crap. It was just pure crap. I'm like, I didn't say that much. I said, eh, I don't really like it. <laughs> then she flips out on me and tells me I couldn't write something half as good if I tried. And that oh. pissed me off. Oh. It pissed me off to hell and back. I didn't even know why it pissed me <laughs> off, but it did. I'm like, a oh, bitch, I'll show you. And ever Listen, I hate YA
0: dystopian fanfiction. We did an episode, it's how we... F- how. How we fan in sci-fi, where me and another friend of ours, Kieran, just go off on YA. So yeah, that's an insult. And I made sure, I told my my ex in high school that Divergent sucked, like, as she was reading it. I was just like, you should read something else, because that's garbage.
1: Yeah, uh, I never read Divergent, but I think that book was on a... I don't think it was Divergent. Was it Divergent? No, it was not Divergent. But yeah, it was a generic YA book. I didn't like it. She insulted me by saying I couldn't write half as well. I took that as personally. And then I actually really focused on writing more. And I realized I kind of liked it. Really liked it even.
2: Well, you did pretty damn good at it. So I'd say that was a pretty good time investment.
1: Yeah. Honestly, I... Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, honestly, writing has become something that's really helped me, especially during everything going on recently. It's something that just I won't say calms, but it helps me focus. With, yeah, well, with you've had some rough on. shit happen.
2: Sorry to hear about all that.
1: Uh, yeah, it's been really fucking rough. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but I know some people have it worse, so I'm trying to be thankful for what I have while at the same time, you know, still working to get out of this rut I'm currently in with my family.
2: Yeah. Well, it nothing like that can always last forever and it is good to be thankful for what you've got and know that it can it's good to have what you have even if it's not as much as you might want sometimes but you know it's a I think it's good to have that kind of attitude at least going into other things. But now I have to ask why crossover fan fictions and why do you write them so well
1: okay so when i first got into fan fiction i was really excited about the crossovers because oh my god these are two fandoms that i love so much written someone's writing two the characters interacting with each other that sounds awesome and i'm like when i actually read the fan fiction no matter how cool the premise sounded most of them sucked and it was like <laughs> so Disappointing. Preach. How many freaking crossover there are with awesome premises, but that no one can deliver. And and to be fair, I know a majority of fanfic writers don't really want to tell interesting stories. They have they're either because of inexperience or it's just not the story you want to tell that they don't write wants to write that kind of thing. And I'm, um, Sergio, did you say something?
0: Uh, yeah, I, w- I just wanted to add on to your thought on that, um, because way, way back in the, the, I guess, the heyday of this podcast, because, oh my god, it's almost been two years now, um, we, we would specifically go out of our way to, like, look for bad fanfics, and one of the tried and true strategies, crossovers, you pick a fandom and just pick whatever ridiculous thing to, to, to combine with it. And I, I I came to like the assumption that for like a lot of things, like there was a there was a story called Big Time Final Fantasy. And I, I think for the most part it was decently <laughs> written. But I was like, why does it have to be Big Time Rush getting Isekai'd into Final Fantasy? These characters could the like like the way it was written, it it could have been anybody. It could have been the author, it could have been me, it could have been Matt. Like it like it didn't matter. It's just like, oh yeah, look, it's big time rush. And It's like yeah, but in the story, they're just like regular people. Like, what does it matter?
2: Yeah, they're they're literally just turning into Final Fantasy characters from the word go. There's nothing big-time rush about it, which is why I find your crossover fanfictions to be so s- strangely anti-status quo with crossover fanfics, because you are just almost religiously devoted to keeping everybody as similar to their canon counterparts as possible, or where They're not similar to their canon counterparts. I think you do a little better than the canon counterparts. Like Steven Universe (laughs) in uh, Gems Are Unbreakable. I just love how you put him in that situation where he was just basically getting gaslit by Yoshikage Kira. What a grand idea that is. Because it perfectly plays off of JoJo's villain. And then also the issues that Steven has to deal with in his own show with his insecurities coming up to the surface and having to deal with that. I just... I I don't know. You do a great job where a lot of other people just like shit out the most trite stuff they possibly can and then go on. I know that they don't have to do anything great since it's just fan works, but damn, you set the bar a lot higher than most people can get to.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And again, like people a lot of people are either don't write that well because they don't really care. They're inexperienced. That's trope that most fanfic writers are teenagers kind of has some basis because a lot of them are teenagers or yeah. just they don't want to tell a the story they want they have an idea of a story they want to tell with these characters and they will and they'll tell it regardless of if it's inconsistent with their characters and and fair fair enough fair enough if if that makes you happy and you, if it makes other people happy and they enjoy it fine that's fine with me and that's and it should not be a problem for anyone else but for me, I like reading and I like writing about stories with characters I have grown to love and trying to keep them as consistent as possible while throwing them into situations that both challenges them and makes them grow and all while keeping the charm and love of their original series as best I can. I don't always succeed, but I do try my best.
2: Honest. Yeah, and I think you do pretty darn good. Um, I've led a lot of this. Sergio and Kai, do you have any specific questions you'd like to ask
0: yeah i wanted to ask and you don't have to talk about it here on the uh podcast if you don't want but i did put this on the the things of things i wanted to ask you um mentioned mentioned to me that you'd been uh n- the victim of some uh
1: near dox attempts uh would you like to talk about that a little bit like who- uh there's not really m- well there's uh there's not really a lot to go into basically uh I almost fell for like some fishing scheme, as, as embarrassing as it is to say. And but thankfully, mm. I got I caught. I got I caught on like halfway through. Was able to like make sure that nothing got leaked. But at the same time, it kind of like, you know, scared me because someone was trying to find my information and do God knows what with it. So, made me a bit paranoid. That's why I'm talking in this voice right now.
2: No, that's that's totally reasonable
0: because yeah, because because like when I heard that I was like who like who who cares who you are like what like, like is that one guy who uh <laughs> either death or of the Steven universe is like I'm gonna find this guy and I'm gonna tell I'm gonna show him I'm gonna show him that he doesn't know anything about those gems
1: uh might have been uh, he's the only suspect right now could have been just some random guy trying to just get my information for shits and giggles. But still, ever since then, I have been kind of paranoid about like keeping my identity secret and just trying my best to keep my private life away from my online life. Not and well, the de- I have shared some details of my family life and like private life since the pandemic because you know it's kind of effed off my shit a lot and I don't need some support, especially during like the very like year the year after the pandemic when everything just went to shit. But even that much was kind of pushing it for me, I won't lie.
2: Yeah. And, sure. you know, I don't think you need to feel any shame about the phishing scheme. There's people at work. I'm, I work at an engineering company. There's people at work who get caught up in phishing scams. In fact, just um just last week, somebody was sending out advertisements for McDonald's. To the entire company of a hundred engineers, and uh, we just all I heard about it was a follow-up email disregard all Mcdonald's related emails from me, and that was the end of that so I can I can give a plus one to the anonymity, especially if you've actually had some personal experience with being worried about it. Anonymity over the internet is everybody's right thank you now for a big big old question do you and I'm assuming you probably like at least a little bit. Do you like them animes? Maybe the video games? Maybe even a little jazz? Hmm. Maybe a little bit. Won't lie. Just a tad? <laughs> just a tad. Obviously, you're into the JoJo. Do you keep up with seasonal stuff, or do you just sort of like the big ones? Cowboy Bebop, Full Metal?
1: <sighs> oh, dude. I When I was a kid... I freaking loved anime. Like, I discovered anime (laughs) through, like, Tsunami and just ever since then I have been obsessed. Like, the first anime I ever saw was uh, shit. It was either Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon. I'm pretty sure it was Yu-Gi-Oh, but like, ever since then I got hooked and I just like... I've I watch anime all the time now. I won't lie. It's basically I ever since then I just love it with all my heart. Like I think some of the sh- like shows that I watched as a kid really like influenced how my taste in like media like action and adventure shows with like strategy that really like influenced me and how I what type of shows I like. Like um one of the first after Yu-Gi-Oh like the first show I watched, like, the shonen, first Shonen show I watched was Naruto. And I'm like, holy crap, this is so awesome. Like, they're kicking ass with, like, their brains and stuff, and, and not just their, like, <laughs> crazy kung fu magic. I'm like, I want to do something like that. And, like, ever since, I think that's my writing to make it obvious about that, like, yeah, I really love I can do the strategic fights. It's why Jojo is some, one of my favorite anime. I, it's just the strategic fights, the goddamn bullshit powers imposing. It speaks to me on every level, and I love it. It's why JoJo was the first crossover where I gave it my all. It's
2: That, that first scene in Requiem of Remnant when Jorno poses while he's fighting uh, Mercury and Emerald, it had me <laughs> busting my gut fucking laughing because of how befuddling it was to a non-JoJo character to see that.
1: Yeah, I was always wonder what would happen if like a non JoJo character just straight up posed during a fight with someone who wasn't from like the JoJo universe. I've always figured like, <laughs> what the fuck is this guy doing? Is is he trying to assert his dominance through posing? It was great. What is this? <laughs>
2: so is so it sounds like JoJo's probably your your favorite of those.
1: Uh yeah, I got like a bunch of favorite anime. Like um, it's it's influence on like things I watch. Like um, uh, after Yu Gi Oh, I saw Naruto. After that was, um, a show called Gash Bell or Zatch Bell, as it was called in the states. Yo, yo, Zatch Bell fan. Yeah, boy, Zatch Bell. I like the monk. I liked Zatch Bell. It the anime when the anime ended, I was like so disappointed, but like then I found out there was like a manga and it like continued. And I read that shit. That was like one of the first manga I read, and it was just fantastic. Like that offer, I oh, what was his name? Shit, shit, uh, hold on.
2: Oh, I just looked it up recently, too. It's kind of a weird name.
1: Makoto Raiko was a goddamn great offer, and I would have loved to see more of his stuff. I'm pretty sure he ran more, but I haven't gotten a chance to check it out. Um, but anyway, yeah, Zatch Bell. It was like a strategic anime about like uh, a high schooler teaming up with a demon and him fighting all the other demons to become like the king of demons. But and like or, or Momoto, I think that's what it's called in like yeah, the
2: series. The Momotos.
1: Yeah, like anyway, it was awesome because it was like it was like JoJo. It had strategic fights. It had like a bunch of heart. It had like very fun characters with BS powers. It was really cool, and I loved it as a kid. And after Zatch Bell came, one of my other favorite series, Bo 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 Bo, it was Yo. just balls to Yo. the wall, insane. Yeah, it was like it made me laugh out some so much as a kid. Uh, it was one of my favorite animes to this day, and I'm so pissed off that it just got canceled. Like the last scene was literally, "Bye guys," and the characters are like. Oh, we we're kidding! This is the end of the anime, and I'm like, wait, no, that can't be it. No, no.
2: There was um, there was a sequel manga called Bobo Bobo Bobo, Bobo Shin. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. it fell into obscurity because it wasn't as insane as the first run.
1: <laughs> yeah, I haven't got a chance to read that read that yet, but one day I will when I'm not so busy with life right now. Um, after Bobo Bo, there was Full Metal Alchemist. Brotherhood. I didn't saw the like the original anime, but I did see the like the re like the, the remake, the second series, like the mm-hmm. one that close more fo- closely followed the manga. Love that mm-hmm. Edward mm-hmm. Alex Eric's Jer- Elric's journey like to find truth. Like this, all the fights, strategic, and all the power, all the strategic fights, and all the powers they use. It was so cool to me, especially since like based on like actual science. I thought I always liked that kind of stuff. Like, whereas their powers are kind of based on science and, like, they take them to their extremes. It's why I kind of like it when Araki clearly just reads a random fact he finds off a Snapple bottle cap and just incorporates that into his story. Like, that shit's, like, fantastic to me. Uh, Like, after Full Metal Alchemist, the next, like, the biggest anime was Jojo, and I've gone on enough about that. And then after Jojo was, like, my first... Was like the first anime I saw from Studio Trigger. It was called Little Witch Academia. And like, I'm not going to lie, it has, it's, it, the story's, as cliche as the story can be, it has a big place in my heart. I really love that show.
2: Akko, great and, about it.
1: Yeah, Akko and Susie are some of my favorite characters in all of anime. Like, it just, it honestly saved me from a really, during a really low point in my life. And it just, it means a lot to me. And then.
2: Yeah, some. Some of, of the course. inspiring shows like that are awesome. Have you seen Gurren Lagann?
1: Uh yeah, I actually have just it's been a while since I saw that. I I only and to be honest, I only saw like half the first half. So I really got to finish that one day. And then there's the final anime I ever saw. Like the biggest one that had like the big the, the biggest one that big had anime I saw. And that was Dragon Ball Z. And yeah, I got into DBC really late. I saw like a couple episodes every now and then like, on, like, Tsunami, but I never saw the full thing, but then when I got, when I finally got computer, I decided to, like, watch it in its entirety, from Dragon Ball to Z, and I gotta say, I can see why it's known as, like, the OG Shonen anime, it's fucking awesome, today, honestly, the original Super Saiyan transformation, when I first saw it, fucking epic, it was, like, just one of the biggest things, I I can see why so many offers in both, the West and the East, try to emulate it. It's just a great series. It has its flaws, yeah, but still, it's something I love.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it set the whole paradigm for Shonen going forward. Shit, it still is to this very day. The echoes of Dragon Ball are just everywhere, all the time, every time. Especially the, uh, the Super Saiyan transformation. I went back and I watched that again recently. It's still fucking good to this day. To this very moment, it's one of the best Shonen power ups I've ever seen just happen. It's so dramatic and it has so much meaning to it when it finally happens. It, it yeah, eclipses all the other Super Saiyans for me. Just how absolutely batshit insane it was seeing Goku go Super Saiyan for the very first time.
1: Yeah, I feel like it helped with as such like great build. Like Vegeta kept going on and on about how the legendary Super Saiyan was something that could even stop Frieza. But we kept, he kept saying it couldn't be Goku because if he was, he would be the Super Saiyan was supposed to be someone who was ruthless and bloodthirsty. And when he finally does transform, we're like, wait is this good? Like he, sure, he's owning Frieza, but like he seems to be a completely different character now. And we're like wondering, it's no longer a question of can Goku beat Frieza? It's a question of is it a good thing that Goku now has this new power up if he's still the Goku we know and love. And at the end mm. of the series, it's like when he shows mercy, we're like, "Oh yeah, it's it's still Goku," and which was just, it was fantastic, like just fantastic.
2: Yeah, one of one of the top ten moments in historical anime, right there. Well, that's awesome. Glad to glad to hear somebody finally jumped on the anime and video games thing. Most people just don't just don't get into anime and video games very much. I think the the last person we had on Radaga, she's more interested in restoring shoes, which you know. Good for her, glad she's into it. Yeah, good for her. Shoes are awesome. I wear them all the time. That's true. I do too. Crazy, I know. Uh, you no, know who Ryan doesn't Surger, wear? Do you have shoes? No, he does. You don't get wear shoes. No,
0: no, no I said you know who doesn't wear
2: shoes. Who doesn't wear shoes? Is it? Is it Todd?
0: It is Todd. Todd from
2: Jacksonville. He knows what he <laughs> <Ooh>. did. <laughs> It's. <laughs> you don't need to worry about it. It's. It's a guy.
3: Yeah, it's just this guy
2: something. we know.
0: He knows what he did.
2: He. He probably knows what he did. It's. It's not relevant for now, though. Anyway, did he fuck up? Oh yeah, he fucked up.
1: A little he majorly.
2: Uh, did you make sure he like, paid? Uh, we're trying. We're trying every day. Mm-hmm.
1: Flood his apartment.
2: <laughs> we'll we'll try that one at some point too. Has I think Jacksonville will had. do it for him.
1: It raise a lot there.
2: It's
3: us. I mean, the hurricanes will probably right, take yes. care of it.
0: <laughs> Bye, Todd. Well, I think we should uh get to the reading um before we run out of time cuz I don't know how long Oh, it's yes, put. that's
2: right. We were going to read uh, Demons and Witches, I believe it was, from your Threads of Convergence.
1: Yep, the Dance of Demons and Witches. Uh, don't tell anyone what the crossover is. I want that to be a surprise. Like, what It should be obvious by the end.
2: I, uh, we, uh, I honestly can't know. even remember because it's been so long since I read it. But uh, it will be fun. I will post a link in the Zencaster and Fanfic Links so that everybody's got it. Fanfic Links is a, something on our Discord server. Uh, shall I narrate? Or would you like to narrate it yourself, Miss? In this in situation mage
1: uh sure i'll i'll narrate it i'm not sure how good a job i'll do but here goes everyone ready yes mm-hmm. yep all right in a castle drenched in the shadows of a titan at opposite ends of a long ornate table a dinner was held there was little illumination in the room A set of candles at the center of the table were the only sources of meager light. But for the two beings dining on their meals, the darkness mattered little to them. Why would something like the dark ever bother the rulers of the shadows?
2: How many years has it been?
1: Asked the one with blood-red eyes. Quite a few by my count. Said the one with deep blue eyes, a mask resting on the side of the table. His head dipped towards his food.
0: But not enough to ever forget you.
1: There was a slight pause. The only sounds were the flickering of the candles, metal slicing meat, and something being chewed with sharp teeth.
2: How goes your
1: rule? The first being asked, breaking the hush.
0: Iron-clad, and with so few rebels left, I can count them on one hand.
1: A sigh, and the click of metal on wood.
0: The problem is, they lack quantity. Those rebels can still be quite the nuisance.
1: Hmm. I sympathize. A soft bite, and a laugh.
2: (laughs) Those who seek to end my own reign as king, when I am as intrinsic to their world as the air they breathe are numerous.
0: By your words, I take it those slayers are still a
1: problem for you, yes? Yes, red eyes
2: narrowed, but only because of the weakness of my tools and the fact that trying to exterminate these humans is a troublesome task at best. They're just so.
1: An eyebrow rose over a blue eye. Resilient?
2: No, that gives them too much credit and implies they're more of a threat than they really are. Another bite, followed by a contemplative hum. Unpredictable. Yes, that's what they are. Much like how one cannot predict the thoughts of an ant or an insect, you can't predict the thoughts of these humans. They're even more foolish than the rest of their race.
1: For a moment, there was only silence and darkness. The one with blue eyes calmly took a sip from his drink as the one with angry red eyes kept glaring. Well... Began the king with blue eyes.
0: I believe these insects won't be much of a problem much longer.
1: The demon with red eyes lost his glare and grinned, eyes wide with excitement.
2: Then, it's done?
1: Almost. There are still tests that must
0: be done, and you would have... Stay here for an extended period of time, but it's close to completion. I simply need time.
2: I've waited centuries for this moment. I am
1: fine waiting. Months at most. The smile grew, widening to the ends of his face.
2: Months. Months and then nothing will ever stand in my way again.
0: Indeed. And while I work on your ascension...
1: Ah... Of course. The demon picked up a knife, closed his eyes, and slashed his forearm. Dark red blood leaked like rivers, pouring into a nearby glass with far greater speed and quantity than that na- than what was natural. Once it was full, from behind him, a tentacle made of sinuous muscles with long, claw-like tip stretched towards the glass, wrapped around it, and slowly snaked through the air. Once it was by the king, it gently placed the glass down
2: in front of him. My blood, as pure as I can make it.
1: Even in the darkness, one could tell the king was ecstatic, grinning widely. He chuckled, bringing a glass closer to his face. Thank you. With this, soon, so many of my own problems will finally be over. I'm glad, the demon said, his smile now something more genuine.
2: You've worked hard for this day. Almost. Almost. As hard as I have Some may argue harder some would but they would be wrong
1: Another chuckle I did miss
0: you your ever so charming wit, he's oh, sorry. He sighed longingly A company I could keep could learn something from you
2: All could learn from me
1: The demon paused contemplative
2: you mentioned tests.
0: Ah, uh, yes. To ensure everything goes right, I will need to do a few experiments on certain subjects.
2: Subjects like the ones I'm currently feasting on?
1: The king looked down at a plate of what had once been a prisoner, now cooked and prepared like a fine steak, as opposed to his own actual steak.
0: Yes, it would help to see them perform when properly challenged. Doing so here would bring risks I'd rather avoid, however.
2: You wish to do them in my lands? The demon chuckled. (laughs) You'll have no complaints from me. He paused. In fact, I believe I have the perfect human you can use as a fine test for your little experiments.
0: The king nodded. Trust your judgment.
2: But if I may suggest one thing. And that is? Make sure whatever subject you use isn't like this one. <clears throat> he took another
1: bite from his food, wiping his mouth as a bit of blood leaked from it.
2: She was far too soft and a bit dry. He paused. Mm. No, even with her flaws, I will admit, she was
1: delicious. The
2: king stared. Then
1: he laughed again, but this time it was far louder, echoing in a dark room, the candlelights flickering. Eventually, his laughter came to a stop, a soft sigh leaving him. I really mm. missed you, old friend. The king said. A gentle, almost warm smile crossed the demon's face.
2: As have I, my friend. As have I. There was silence.
1: Then the king picked up a glass, one without the demon's blood, and slowly raised it into the air. Let us toast. Let us. We're so dumb. The king king speaking. Let us toast. The demon smirked, slowly raising his own glass. To all the oh, oh this is, is me, this me? It's you no no it's, a, it's a, the king
0: okay to all the accomplishments we have made in the years since we met
1: with his other hand the king picked up the mask from the table to the progress we have
0: made through all of our mights and skill alone that none could ever match
1: once he placed it on his face his voice gained an ethereal quality to it as it echoed the gold of the mask reflecting in the dim light of the candles. To
0: all of the steps we have taken to ensure our goals one day become reality.
1: A single blue eye suddenly glowed through a dark pit.
0: To our inevitable victory,
1: Muzan Kibutsuji. The monster known as the King of Demons smiled with all his teeth.
2: To victory, Emperor Belos.
1: Behind his mask, the man who ruled the Boiling Isle smiled just as wiggling as his closest friend. And with a cold breeze, the light of the candles were extinguished, the world consumed by pure black, save for the light of inhuman red eyes and the haunting blue of a tyrant. Prologue, end. Offers note. Here is the latest snippet. <laughs> Some of you may be wondering what's too serious on crossing over its Demon Slayer and the Owl House. Yeah, there's no hiding that. The two main antagonists of both series were working together, and needless to say, things are going to be difficult for Luce and Tanjiro. Well, you'll have to wait for the next segment to find out what happens next. Also, if you can check out my Patreon account, I've got plenty of rewards for donations, such from a pirate Discord server to monthly Q and A sessions. So if that sounds neat to you, please consider
2: donating. I think that's the first time we've ever gotten an author to read the author's note. Oh awesome nice i quite like it i can't say i've actually seen demon slayer or owl house but it's still fun to read uh thank you Uh, what are you guys being
0: i thought it was pretty good um this it was a it was a great use of i guess uh suspension and building up the, the tension for the reveal even though I don't I I, I, I don't r- r- list r- watch Demon Slayer Owl House and have no idea who these two characters are um, <laughs> I'm sure if I did I'd be like oh, soy jack point
2: <gasps> oh yeah we'd be we soy jack point a lot whenever something like this happens this is definitely from what little I do know of the two series this is definitely a cool crossover though quite like it I'm gonna Thank be you. real I don't I don't even know
3: what the Owl House is. I've never heard of it before. And I only read like the first two volumes of Demon Slayer. But I think it was very well written. And I I, honestly, I do want to read more, even though I don't even know what these things are, basically.
2: So awesome. good job.
3: Thank you. It feels very much like. I don't know you you don't get this very often with fan fiction where you could kind of read the story standalone without knowing the actual like both of the actual intellectual properties involved. So I'm I'm definitely interested.
2: Yeah, in fact, that reminds it's me here. of one of the more impressive things you added to Requiem of Remnant. You actually managed to describe Jorno's clothing and appearance accurately when he dresses <laughs> like a fucking insane person.
1: Yeah, sometimes describing clothes can be a bitch. But for Jorno, I went that extra mile to make it sound somewhat possible and like something of someone who isn't a runway model could wear.
2: <laughs> oh, also, that reminds me, uh, one, one minor critique, one minor criticism of Requiem of Renant. The insinuation that stand users can blend into a crowd
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> Although it definitely fits for jo- for Jojo to say, "How can I find the stand users? They're so blended into the crowd." Meanwhile, I think uh it was either Kai or Sergio who said, "They've got a thong 10 feet up their ass crack half the time." That was me. Yeah. That was Sergio. It's just <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's it's one of those things that I think is perfectly fitting the JoJo archetype. That's that's exactly what something Hirohiko Araki would say. How can you find these stand users? They're fucking invisible. <laughs> they all look
1: like normal <laughs> civilians. Oh no. <laughs> you know, I think in the JoJo universe, it's less that they don't notice them and it's more like, "Oh my god, is this guy what is this guy wearing?" Is he, is he a crackhead? Oh, crap, He's a crap, eh? Don't don't make our
2: cat, ignore his existence. <laughs> Pretend he isn't here. Pretend he doesn't. He isn't there. Pretend, uh, don't that, move. Me is is that a gay stripper? Or is that a psychic killer? I can't tell.
0: Possibly both.
2: Probably you never both.
3: know.
0: Th- uh, thought very funny. Okay. JoJo yes. chapter, it takes place as a nude beat. At a nude beach, the stand user is the only person wearing clothes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, that honestly.
2: That would be quite fun, I think. Um, where do you come up with these crossover ideas? Do you just think about them?
1: Uh, I,
2: I do. It's not
1: like the first idea I pops in my head I'm going to write a crossover about. But, like, I think about uh, like, what franchises could cross over well, and even franchises that don't seem like they could cross over well, but could maybe work if you gave them some polish. So I'm constantly thinking about, like, hey, how can, like, say, um, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid and Chainsaw Man go together? And I'm thinking, okay, if there's the obvious joke about, you know, Makima-san being Kobayashi's mother. But, like, realistically, how would that go? How would the fact that, that there are devils in the world of humans change, like, and how the dragons interact with it. And I'm like constantly thinking, okay, if this ha- if X happens, then how does Y react? If Makima meets toru what goes down? Firstly, she probably realized she's a devil. fredden's cowboy Fred and Makima, they like have a stare down. And then from there, I think more and more about like what kind of story I want to tell how what scenes I need to have if I want the story to be told well, and
2: then just write it down. That's awesome. You have a great process, I think. If you if you could tell your uh tell your younger self from years ago, what advice would you give to younger authors trying to get into fan fiction or even crossover stuff specifically?
1: Okay, you know how there's like this really romantic view of of, of writing like if you just sit down at a computer and you just type away as the words just like come out naturally? Mm-hmm. That is a fucking lie. It is bullshit. <laughs> Your muse is not some goddess descendant from the heavens. It keeps distracting you every five minutes saying, hey, let's go watch the great British menu. We deserve it after the long shitty day we had. And then you're like, okay, yeah. But then it's an hour passes and you're just fucking OD'd over three hours of great British menu episodes. And then you're like, okay, that's it. So then you decide to take matters into your own hands and you're like, we are going to write. We are going to write. You you hear me? And then you just sit down and just write. That
2: is writing. That's a colorful metaphor. It sounds like you've had a, a little bit of personal experience with struggling to get the get the writing juices flowing. You have no idea. Ever since the pandemic started, it's just been
1: awful on my headspace and mental health. I've just been trying to like, find the time to write but even then it's just a struggle because i want to relax after the shitty day i had and just uh it's just you gotta push yourself sometimes the words don't always flow out naturally if they ever do so even if you don't feel like it you gotta write
3: yeah you have any tips on how to get the words flowing or like anything that helps you personally
1: uh, helps me personally. Sometimes I make sure I can't like access any other sites, like with some apps, to make sure I just focus entirely on this. Sometimes I just listen to like music from like animes or, uh, just fan main anime tracks, like um, the guy who made the Jorno Golden Wind cover that made it epicer, um basically it's never just like one thing for me it's sometimes some some things work sometimes other things don't so i had to like kind of juggle them around see what works best and well just hope it works i guess even if it doesn't i still try to force myself to write like a certain amount of words a day unless i'm really feeling like just dog shit i just want to go to bed
3: yeah i think the like forcing yourself to write a specific word count is a really important tip i know like sergio and i both have experience with doing that and
0: it it's good it works for commissioned writing i try i'll I'll admit sometimes i just don't feel like it but i try to at least do like 500 to a thousand but when i was writing my own magnum opus that we still need to get to Finish on the podcast, Persona Silverman. I was doing ten pages a day. Oh,
1: that's all great.
0: Or, or even a, a, f- a few times, admittedly, I didn't hit ten pages, but I was writing the whole day, so I'd at least get like eight or seven. Yeah. I and I would write into the
2: nighting na- machine.
0: I would write into the night, and then Matt would go back and be like, "What? Why did you do this?" And he was like, "I don't. It was three in the morning." <laughs>
2: Yeah, there were some fun editing things going on there. I, I think I remember one time there were just, it was an entire paragraph that went nowhere. I can't remember what the exact details were, but it was, it was a Sergio at three in the morning moment for sure.
3: <laughs>
2: was All part fun. of the yeah.
1: process. <laughs> oh, yes. yes, it is, man. Yes, it is.
2: Let's see. I think, oh, what was the, I had a, darn it. I had a specific question. I was very excited. Oh yes, I was going to ask this. You have the power to create your own stand, maybe your own character, maybe your own part of JoJo. Have you ever thought about that? Unlimited budget. Uh,
1: yeah, I, yeah, I'm my own part of JoJo. I have had some ideas. Um, the main one was maybe having giorno giovanna but from part five somehow make it through to the new universe except he's the main antagonist and he's trying to like get back to either his universe or maybe even just save his friends and he fights like the new jojo of part 10 and it's like this conflict of ideals about fate and destiny and resolve and can one really defy it by
2: themselves that'd be interesting I have never thought of something like that. Although I think canonically Jorno has to have survived the entire universe reset. Golden Experience Requiem is just that broken. It's just built different that hard.
1: <laughs> yeah. Prob. well, here's hoping. I here's hoping the anime shows Jorno surviving. Maybe. I hope the we'll have to see. I hope the anime does something with him.
2: Yeah, because I in think Araki actually confirmed that Jorno was in Florida somewhere during Part 6. Somehow. It says it in the manga. It says it in the manga? I can't remember that.
0: There's specifically a page that says, uh, it's like, a like, like, Dio's sons are converging on Brookie's location. Jorno Giovanna has been sighted in Florida, but nobody can seem to find him.
2: The phrase "Jorno Giovanna has been sighted in Florida instills in me something (laughs) very disturbing that just sounds scary (laughs) it's just florida florida
3: has a different energy
2: florida florida journo he's wearing
3: (laughs) socks and sandals he would literally be florida man if he shows up
2: oh god that'd be fun um what's of of the works you've created so far what do you think is your favorite that you work on or Which ones turned out the most like how you wanted it to? Uh,
1: The ones that I'm probably the most proud of is Requiem of Remnant. Uh, There are some missteps here and there, but overall, I do enjoy it Feeling like it came out the most like how I envisioned it in my head. Um, Gems are unbreakable, but had a lot of like growing pains and Lazy Painter. I wrote that when I was going through some shit. So some of the things I wrote were kind of detrimental to the story, at least in minor ways but big ways to me but minor ways to everyone else but Mm, Requiem of Remnant is one I'm kind of proud of the most
2: I think I can understand that Requiem of Remnant has a really great energy it's got a great pace going throughout it it's honestly I might pay for a I I would pay for a book if it could be actually efficiently licensed but of course it's fan fiction so it can't be purchased (laughs) but yeah you did a great job with a lot of the stuff in Remnant I can't remember anything that was really annoying or boring to read. And it was all fun, all fun from the beginning to end, especially all of Jorno's fights. Oh my God. Those all had me in stitches whenever anybody would be like, what the, who the fuck is this guy? How the fuck does he do this? Because of course, uh, Jorno's powers are (laughs) way more than any semblance. And Ruby tends to be. And, um, Damn it, I keep losing my train of thought. I must be turning into an old man. That's happening me mo- to me more and more as I get older.
3: I have a question.
2: Yes. Yeah. So
3: what made you decide specifically to do a crossover between Jojo and Ruby? Uh,
1: well, specifically, it's part five. It was because I just saw like the first three volumes of like, huh? You know, I kind of want to see more of the underworld, like, and I was like thinking about how, like, certain characters, if I wrote a crossover fake, how I wanted to, like, explore, like, someone's not joining up in Beacon, like I saw so many other fakes doing it at a time, but instead, like, him, their journey on, like, Free Underworld. I'm like, hey, you know, Jordan will probably kick all their asses. I'm like, wait a fucking minute. Hold the, hold it. Hold the piss. <laughs> hold the piss. You got this. You, you have something. And then I just wrote 20k words in, like, a month.
2: Based, based just casually drops the 20k first chapter yeah it's
3: just amazing to write that much for a first chapter and then to like consistently write that much for subsequent
2: chapters i I, i'm just in awe i think your average is like fifteen thousand words a chapter which is just wow fuck that's insane
1: well it's more recently it's more like 10k words a chapter It's still a lot. Like if you think about it, even 10k is
3: like a sixth, seventh, or eighth of like most regular books' full like runtime. So that's a lot.
2: Yeah, and you've covered a lot of ground pretty quickly. And Jorno is just such an interesting character to uh, to read through. I think Jorno might be my favorite. Of the JoJo protags, just because of how much shit you can imagine him doing in so many different situations. Uh, who is your favorite JoJo? I imagine it—it it might be Part Five, but uh, my favorite JoJo—it's
1: probably it's a tie between it's like a, it's a freeway tie basically between Josuke, um, Jolene, and Jorno. With like Johnny coming up, like, jo- actually, it might be a four-way between Josuke, Johnny, Jolene, and like. Jorno. They're honestly some of my favorite JoJo's. Like, nice. I like Josuke, like his heart. I like Jorno and his like his ruthless and yet at the same time his like golden spirit. I like Jolene's journey, like, you know, her going from convict to eventually reconciling with her dad. Uh, and I like Johnny's journey from learn- both learning to walk both literally and figuratively. It like part seven story wise had the best like character broke. Mm-hmm. But I, honestly, weird. they're all my favorite JoJo's. I can't pick one.
2: Hmm. I don't think I've ever heard of a 4 word tie. Normally, hmm. I don't know. That's great, though. I think those are definitely some of the best parts of JoJo. Those are your favorite protagonists. Is that the same then for the series?
1: Uh, yeah, basically. It, like, if you... In terms of, se- if like, if you put a gun on my head, I would say Part 7 was my favorite because it had the best story. But, like, mm-hmm. it would be, like, by a hair, like, a literal hair. It was just because the story was so good. It, like, that's my personally think What what's the best part of JoJo was.
2: Interesting. Yeah, I think that's, I think quite a few people tend to say that Part 7 comes out, just ekes out ahead of the other ones. And Part 7 is so unique, too. Do you have any yeah. plans for a Part 7 crossover with something?
1: I have had some plans in the past. Like, just vague ideas every now and then. Everything from, like, Part 7 to My Hero Academia. Like, mm. uh, that idea was, like, yeah, but It wasn't really worth talking about.
2: Maybe. I don't know. I I think you could make almost anything work, to be honest. Part uh, seven yeah, and probably, my hero, but...
1: though, that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, maybe one day you'll see if I can actually get out a solid plot for it.
2: Potentially. Uh, Sergio and Kai, any any other questions?
1: Uh,
0: <clears throat> okay. What is what is uh the you think would be the funniest uh song name or artist name to become a stand in the next JoJo part?
1: probably weird. one of Weird Al Yankovic's song, like, Eat It. Like, he canonically exists there, so that would probably be pretty funny. Like, someone, like, just weird who looks like Weird Al Yankovic, or is just Weird Al Yankovic, and then he pulls out his stand, Eat It. It's That would be pretty, pretty <laughs>
3: Dude, funny. that would be awesome.
0: Oh my gosh. I have a counter-argument for a Weird Al Yankovic stand. It's all about the Pentiums, baby.
3: <laughs> mm. <laughs> Fair enough, but Weird <laughs> Al being a JoJo character would just be so convenient because of just who he is. Like he would fit right in. It could
0: like 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 about like, the stand ability is that he could control Intel processors and like any any device <laughs> with an Intel <laughs> processor he could control. And then the JoJo's like, you may have not realized, but I have a Qualcomm Snapdragon. <gasps>
2: I think Weird Al as a character is awesome but I've always thought it would be peak comedy if you could have somebody named Yankovich and his stand is Weird Al oh okay yeah and that's not in the sense that oh he has a stand named Weird Al that like does no the human being Weird Al is the stand
0: (laughs) here's another question what would the the possibility name for Eda be
1: Consume it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bore it. Oh, no. No. No.
3: no. <laughs> Sergio, you're cursed.
1: You're cursed. Her <laughs> Your full
0: name is Kybert. Who names their child that? <laughs> Don't dox me like this. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as bad as todd and living in jacksonville
2: yeah damn well uh i think i think i don't have too many more questions i guess something else i was gonna ask is if you plan on starting anything major and new soon or if you just plan on trucking along as usual with what you've got and then adding on some threads of convergence as some ideas come to you
1: Oh no, I do have plans like like the one of my friends, yeah. like one of the snippets and Fred's of Convergence, Shadows to Falls. I plan on like posting that story like in the next week or something. Not all of it, just I gotta edit some of the things to make it more cohesive. And hmm. after that, yeah. Fred's of convergence is gonna get its own story Fred's. soon.
2: Awesome. Awesome.
0: I I have a specific question. Because um, I don't what it Like, I obviously use fanfiction.net, but do you use, like, AO3 or Wattpad?
1: Oh, yeah, I use AO3. Um, I don't use Wattpad, though, but I do use Space Battles and Sufficient Velocity.
0: Would you agree uh, with me sp- that
1: Wattpad is a terrible website? I've heard horror stories about Wattpad just taking stories from, like, their offers, so yeah, kinda, I do agree.
0: Yeah, because uh, what's what's funny is that whenever we interact with someone else who's like, uh, yeah, you guys, you guys have a very controversial approach to to talking about fan fiction, especially you're very you you can potentially be mean, but it's but it's always they'll agree like, yeah, Wattpad is terrible and everything on it is garbage. Yeah, I hope to be proven wrong one day, but not yet.
2: If you put it on there, he'd be proven wrong. But then again, that might be an artificial solution to the problem.
1: You know, the mm. funny thing is, I once saw my own fanfic, like, recording on Wattpad, but, like, translate it to Spanish. Really? <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's <they> weird. <laughs> what? Did they ask? Did they ask? They did not ask. But I'm like, honestly, if someone cross posted um, and translated to Spanish, eh. I get more fan when I see it, I get more fans and more exposure. They did yeah. link the Patreon and all that crap, so I can't not that oh, wow. upset about
0: it. See see okay, what they I would were... do is I would hit up my friend from Argentina and be like, How's the translation? Is this good? <laughs> like like I'm not mad, but like I need to make sure the Spanish speaking people are getting the right message. This is
3: true. Like what if it's just a really bad translation? Although that might make it like I think a bad better in, is better in than in the sense none. of comedy.
1: Uh, well, I somehow doubt that the, some random guy that just, if they did just shittily translate my fic, are just going to be that, are going to like be, be, be listening to me asking that they do a better job. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's true.
1: Yeah, you text and them. from what I've seen, it does look mostly accurate. Some things <laughs> get lost in translation because, you know, English and Spanish, but it looks decent enough.
2: You text them and say, hey. Uh, why'd you do this? And he just says, gay, and then he blocks you. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny, though. I had no idea that happened. That must be really flattering yeah. to have it without your permission translated into another language. <laughs> Honestly,
1: if someone wants to translate my fic, they can do it. I'm more than welcome to them doing that. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, just so long as they link the my stuff, my like my all my accounts and my Patreon, I'm fine with that.
2: Yeah, that's fair.
1: I get why some people wouldn't be, especially if they did like a shit job at it. But to me, it's uh eh, someone's gonna do it eventually. There's no reason to stretch out, stress out about it.
2: Also fair. Also fair.
1: At least they weren't plagiarizing. Yeah, yeah. If they did that, I would probably be a bit more pissed. It's like, yes, I am John Requiem
0: of Remnant, and this is this is my story. I wrote all of this.
2: <laughs> well, I uh, I think I'm fresh out of the questions. You've been great to have on. You were <clears throat> very courteous. You read well on your own fic, and uh, it's great hearing you talk about all this stuff. It's very exciting to actually listen to you talk about it you've been a I think I first read your fix like four years ago I was just looking for a for a good one piece fan fiction I was like damn I wonder if anybody has written written a written damn thing for Miss Golden Week and then I found Lazy Painter damn fucking gold mine treasure chest in the most random barren wasteland possible
1: <laughs> yeah <clears throat> Miss Golden Week is honestly someone I... I My version of Miss Golden Week is someone I relate to a lot, To be if I'm being honest. That's kind of why I wrote her the way I did. Because, realistically, a child on the grand line is probably not going to be the most well-adjusted person.
2: Oh, no. She and, like a,
1: and like every One Piece character, she has a tragic backstory.
2: Yep. Horribly tragic. And uh, Sergio and Ky aren't aware of this, but in One Piece backstories, uh, anybody can die for any kind of horrifying reason. The The main show can be as happy-go-lucky as m- anything. Backstories? No. Bloodbaths. Death. Everywhere. All the time. Everybody has a terrible, tragic backstory. And I, uh, I did like what you alluded to with her backstory. It definitely sounds like the right kind of tragic with some uplifting parts that keep her from being too fucked up. But, yeah. I've loved it.
0: Um, I do have one one last question. Um What are some fanfic tropes that you can't stand? Like like what 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 do you not uh, like to see in fanfiction and how do you think people can fix it?
1: Okay, so one thing I don't like seeing in fanfiction is like the Draco No, no not no not that one. It's like the Ron the Death Eater one where they turn likable characters into like caricatures versions of themselves just to like one character could get into the pants of another one, basically. Mm-hmm. That one you can't really do much about because the people who write Ron as a racist, deaf eater are probably not the type of people who respond well to constructive criticism. But uh, aside from that trope, I think one I also don't really like is the whole... Um, uh, what was it? Um, the, the, what's that Sue called? The one where you go back in time? Um, like some kind of time travel like okay look there's it's like this trope where character goes back in time and like fix all the problems and um, but like sometimes it doesn't oh, I don't think it should like go so flawlessly I think they should be like you know there'd be some for some problems with like trying to change the There should be like some f- thoughts about like if this is right if this is wrong like just ha- or have them just fail entirely or something uh, okay I think sure what else yeah,
2: yeah i I think i know exactly um, like, what the trope is that you're talking about
1: yeah oh, okay the last one is like in crossovers it, it's just this is just one i think everyone should do if you write a crossover try and respect both sides show like the pros and, and the good things about like both settings they have some moments where one character shines from both settings like don't just write a stomp fic honestly that, again you can. There's. I know there are probably some flaws with whatever character you're writing about, but don't make them like just the flaws. Make them the character that people love and and want to read about. The same character that you probably love and that you are currently writing about. At least I hope you're writing about a character you love and not just to want to see them get stomped on. If it's if you do, then well, yeah, you're probably not going to listen to this. But for those who do want to do, in fact, love the characters you're writing about, try and you know give them some. Good qualities or if not good qualities remind people right in a way that reminds people why they love this character in the first
2: place that's some really good advice i've definitely uh seen a few of the things that you're talking about with the stomp crossover fix where the power scaling between them is just completely fucked and there's just no reason for them to have even been crossed over and actually i think you did in uh in multiple ways You kind of solved several of those with a requiem of remnant, because Jorno, you know, he's at the end of his series progression, so he's a badass baller motherfucker. And then when he comes into Ruby's verse, he doesn't have um, requiem anymore. And I think that was—I was very bummed when I first read it because I was like, "Oh, I wanted Jorno to like take the shit out of everybody." But then thinking about it logically, yeah, yeah, it's the only way to have any kind of drama. If Jorno has Requiem, there is no there is no struggle. He just instantly curb stomps everybody for no reason. Yeah,
1: that's that's one of the reasons why I took away Requiem. Another thing I try to do is like show off what like Ruby characters do better than Jorno. In Ruby, everyone's like a martial arts prodigy. is a guy that's at most been in a couple of street brawls, so he gets his ass kicked hard if he gets into like fist to fist with any other Ruby ca- characters. And that's not like show that often, like his fight with Mercury and Emerald, like when it's just fist to fist and he's not using and he's not really using gold experience. He gets he gets his ass handed to him.
2: Yeah, it's it was just a really great comparison. And of course, Mercury and Emerald are very dangerous in Ruby. They could take down the entire um, four main characters probably together if they could, if they needed to. And Jorno uh, being able to fight them both, I think that was, it was just good power scaling. It's just great decisions all around on that, I think. And it's great hearing your, your thoughts on yeah, avoiding tried. some of those problems.
1: Yeah, I try my best to, like, make sure that at both characters at the game the to fight, they show off what makes them so good and how they can overcome some of the problems that come from facing, like, another character not used to, like, Mercury kind of got the jump on Jorno by, like, taking advantage of the fact that he needs to like touch him to like do his life shot experience boost thing. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, cause Jorno's is trying to hide some of his powers and you know, he only, he's like overlaying his stance with his own. So he's just limited to like what he himself can touch. So I do my best to like just show how he could get around that because he's more fat. He's faster than Jorno is. So he just, uses his superior martial arts skills and speed to, like, get around him.
2: Yeah, I really liked how you actually had, um, more stand rules, quote-unquote, set up within the first couple chapters of Requiem of Remnant than I think there are in most of JoJo. Especially, I like the, um, the stand sort of overlaid on the stand user himself. I really like that idea, especially when it's, uh, used for acrobatics in the fight. I think most recently you did oh, yeah. some of that in gems are, gems are Unbreakable. are <clears>
1: unbreakable. <throat> Yeah, I did do that in Gemstar Breakable. I I got the idea from like when Jotar, like, you know, stomped on the sand and like went flying with with um Star Platinum's leg. I was kind of disappointed that Araki never really brought that up again past part
2: three. At least yeah, I don't think that's, he did. That's kind of a huge thing, isn't it? If you could just do that whenever. Like holy shit, stand users could go fucking anywhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah probably one of the reasons he did that was because to like, you know, give the enemy stand users a more a bigger advantage
2: over like, you know, the Jojo characters. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's almost certainly why it was done. <clears throat> but anyways, as usual, I'm, I'm still completely out of questions even though I'm still gushing about everything that you've written because I love it so much. Uh, Sergio and Kai, <laughs> final, final call for any anything Are you
1: into the SCP Foundation at all? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a lot about it, but and I, but well, it's just it seems kind of there's no canon, right? So, basically, everything story is both not canon and canon, and so it's, it's kind of hard for me to like get to, uh, to find a starting point, as it were, when there's nothing canon. The, like you the know what be- I mean?
0: The 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 best way. The, the way I put it is just find an article that looks interesting to you. And then if that article links to other articles, go check them out. I wouldn't worry about, um, because yes, every There's SCP no article, canon. every SCP article does technically exist in its own universe, but I like to pretend for the most part, unless very specifically the SCP is, oh yeah, the world blows up or whatever, that they're all sort of canon to each other. Cause a lot of them do reference one another.
2: Yeah, I or thought. you could go ahead. Watch it?
0: Or very specifically, because there there are like canons within the 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 site. You can click on that canon, and there's a bunch of tales and what tales and articles that you know go with it.
2: Yeah, I think the the way to look at it isn't as oh, I'm going to go ahead and read some more of that SCP universal canon that's going around. It's not. You can't think of it of something like. Jojo or one piece it's more like a series of short horror stories, which is kind of funny because that's there was a, a trend of that about a hundred hundred and fifty years ago, and now of course we've recirculated it with the SCP foundation but um there are actually some stories within the SCP canon <clears throat> that are their own like linear linear set of stories they're called the the SCP tales they don't always go on for very long, but they are actual short stories written to just be a short story whereas most scp entries i would argue are interesting and creative horror ideas they're not necessarily stories although many of them do have short stories written into them and uh, of course a lot of them are also wildly stupidly comedic we uh we read one of those uh yesterday actually with an scp author and she had written one called the man bear which is the body of a naked white guy with the upper torso of a bear. And it just, just sort of runs around Washington natural parks. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Oh yeah. There's a lot of weird SCPs like that out there. One of my favorites is a, uh, a toaster. And when you're talking about the toaster, you have to refer to the toaster in first person. So instead of saying the toaster does this, you say, I do this because I am the SCP. And, uh, they all just have a nice little air of mystery and horror around them. But, you know, if you're not interested in short horror stories or short horror ideas, then the SCP probably found. The SCP Foundation probably isn't something that you're terribly interested in.
1: I don't know. I, I am interested in, like, short story horror. I just. You know, I, it's always kind of confusing to me about the SCP because uh, when I first heard about it, it was just sounding like pastas, But, like, every, there's, like, this kind of conjoined universe. But at the same time, it's not really conjoined in like the way i'm usually used to so it but the way you strive it does sound interesting yeah check out our our episodes on it (laughs) (laughs) nice plug (laughs) i just have one question though yes yes about the episodes is the audio good? Is like everyone's talking like one ear or the other ear, or is it like? Oh no! You want you want to oh. oh yeah!
3: Well, Sorry.
2: Sergio, it seems you've caught a demon from your past. Uh, the audio you tried is, to get rid of the, it. The, the
0: audio is fine. It's all it's all mono. Don't have to worry about that.
2: Yeah, I'm assuming you're referring. Will this to... This audio
0: be fine.
2: This this audio should be fine. That's a really
0: funny that. Yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, we're gonna put two people in one ear and two people in the other
2: ear. I, Sergio, I still don't know why you thought. That <laughs> I don't. I'm, I don't want to break the I'm bullying so- rule, but. <laughs>
0: Look! Look! No, okay. We bully each other. Look! look <laughs> that I was terrible, I, I was, man. I was new to using Audacity, and it kept like putting up that pop-up, which I thought was like a warning. I was like, "Hmm, maybe I should, maybe I should split this into two I don't know. What was, warning? Like, well, because it, it tells you like, oh, like these tracks will be about. put into a, mo- a mono file. Like I was like,
3: oh,
0: maybe it'd be better if it was in stereo. I don't know. Let me try this out. Maybe it will work. <laughs>
2: I, I think it's funny it. the way you thought stereo would work is it's just one person and one ear and <laughs> 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 I, I don't want to make fun of you for it but man that's <laughs> I listened audio editing it. 101 right there I don't, don't think do I've it. ever I, had I, I mean my, my
0: my headset isn't stair- isn't surround so it, would, it, it I it, I literally wouldn't wouldn't have picked it up cuz it would just sound normal to me yeah. Uh, which is which is why I initially said like, me. I don't know what you're talking about. It's not work. I was like, Oh, hold on, let me set my let me set my thing. The stereo, and I was like, Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> to answer your question, so Mage, funny. it will be edited in a way that is mono. It will it will be it will be normal. It it will not be right. one one. You won't be behind somebody, and I'll be on the left, and Sergio's on the right. That would be really funny <laughs> if we did that for an April Fool's Day episode, though, where it's just we're all in a different segment of the room. We should have done that for like the one SCP tale that we won. I don't.
0: I don't know if I can. Uh, at least I don't know if Audacity can do like a surround sound t- type of deal <laughs> where it's like.
2: That's true. It probably like, can. Like
0: like 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 if it could take like omnidirectional audio, um, that would be interesting. So you think you can fan an immersive VR experience?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well thanks for coming on, Mage. This has been great. Loved hearing you talk about everything. Do you have anything oh, no to ask or say to us?
1: Uh yeah, I do have something to ask. Well, two things. Actually, um Sergio, what was the what was a software program you used to like edit uh audacity? Yes. I'm surprised you had the audacity to put fucking both well, one voice in on the left ear and one <laughs> voice in on the right. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had Got to. No,
2: no, it's all good. We set the standard. What's the second question?
1: Please support me on Patreon. Oh yes, I'm please, you guys, go go yes. to major
2: Patreon. More than anything on Patreon, especially any of the weird porn Patreons. I want more of Mage's writing. Please. Please give the money. <sighs> uh, I agree. Give the money. I'm kind of desperate, guys. Not going to Maybe, maybe lie. Mage will start
0: writing job. porn if you pay him enough. No,
2: mm. no, 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 no. No, no. no. <laughs> no, no. Don't go <laughs> down that dark route. Tempting though it may be, with dollar signs of plenty, don't do it. It's a dark path.
1: There's too much competition.
2: It, okay. What? I. <laughs> It basically like there's a lot of porn, competition. Though. There's always there's always a niche for somebody. I know there's oh, always yes. a niche because I have mm-hmm. seen it. I um somebody made, somebody pointed out in a in an analytics video and he eventually got to a porn patreon and he said of all these eight Patreons, the porn patreon grew the fastest. Despite the fact that it was literally just like a standard foot thing. It's fucked. It's <sighs> always fucked. It's never wow. right.
0: Uh, I I, w- I will, however, recommend to you as as I love to plug things. Um, if you haven't read, if you haven't listened to our Chain of Memories episode, because I don't want to discuss Chain of Memories <laughs> for the sixth time on this podcast, because we we just talk about the same things to people who have never heard it. Uh, it's a trip. Um, I'm just going to put it at that.
2: It's a bootleg Kingdom Hearts fan fiction novel that also apes off of Star Wars. And And a lot of other things. And Naruto. Just anime and video games in general.
1: You know, the sad thing is I can think of a thousand ways that could be awesome. I can think of a million ways that it's gonna suck.
3: Oh,
1: it probably does. (laughs)
3: This is worse than you could ever imagine.
2: (laughs) So It's so fucked up. (sighs) Alright, we should end it there before we go on any other tangents. Yes. Uh yeah. yeah.
0: Sure. Uh check the check the description for uh Mage's links. Um people from Mage Mage's circle of the internet. Um we hope you enjoyed the episode and we hope you would like to continue listening. Uh we love you. We love, I you. love you
3: too. I
2: don't. <laughs> I don't love you. <laughs>